when you read it, there's probably not a lot of Welcome back. Today is Friday Eve, and that means this is Pillars of Franchising. I am Kristen Shelmetsy here with my fabulous partners, Elizabeth Dunham, Jerry Akers, David Kajanik, Fred McMurray in the background, and our guest today, Karen Kinsey-Sward. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Good. So good. Fantastic. Elizabeth, we got some word on the street today. Well, we have a couple of things, and offline before we started, we were just talking to Jerry, so I figured I would plug the book that came in. I have the hard copy now. Um, so if you have not ordered yours, go to liveittoownit2.com, and you can get your book. So that's big news, number one. Um, yeah. And it is you a have really, your copy, right? I have the digital copy, yeah. And I will say, it's funny, because I was just thinking to myself this morning how I really... I'm one who likes to highlight and bookmark and fold pages. So I need to get the hard copy with, of course, Jerry's signature, hint, hint, Jerry. Um, yeah. So that I can have to bring it on our next trip. Yes. Yes. So there it is. Um, the other big news is today is December 2nd, which means the magazine came out yesterday. So if you have not seen it, go to pillarsoffranchising.com. Um, go to the magazine tab and take a look. And if you have not subscribed, please do so that you can be sure to be on our mailing list to get it um, every issue. And this month is a fun one. We have second chances to the theme. So we talked to Doug Plank, former NFL player, who uh, his second phase of life included a Burger King franchise ownership. He owned quite a few locations there. Um, we also had an interview with someone from Wild Birds Unlimited, Michael Janaya. I'm not talking. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he owns Lash Lounges, and he went through, he, he launched in a pandemic, he opened in a pandemic, immediately had to close, then George Floyd was killed, yeah. so he had to deal with some civil unrest in the Chicago area, so they had their shop boarded up, um, brought it down when everything calmed down, and then the looting resurfaced as, as things went up and down in, in the community, and so he ended up getting looted. Uh, so oh. he had a really rocky first year in business, but yeah, and let's, right and now let's not, he's been let's able not forget, to. Let's not forget COVID, right? So in the midst of all this and COVID. Yeah. So he had all, everything was stacked against him. And he's now, I think he's at number three in the franchise system. He turned it around. He's, he's kicking butt and kicking names and he was a great story. So you're looking for an uplifting story that's another good one and then we talked to donna blum from um wild uh he was lash out she's with wild birds unlimited um she got financial independence at the age of 55 for the first time in her life um and so hers is a really great uh female empowerment story she's awesome. got her own money and her own checking account and she's just thrilled about it so three really solid interviews in this issue of, of stories that are going to inspire you. So make sure that you take a look at that. Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. And um, the, the cover is really phenomenal. And because we talked about the looting and some of the bad things in Chicago, I have to give our city a plug because Doug Plank did play for the Chicago Bears. So, he did. So he, he even has a defense named after him. That's right. So, yeah. But he played back in the day where they made $45,000 a year. And so he knew he needed a plan post football career. Right. And was very intentional about how he did that and getting in with Burger King. 
So his story is really phenomenal, too. He'd go in and sign autographs in Burger King, and he would make more money in the off-season doing that than he made during the season. So that's kind of how he fell into the Burger King thing, and it's just a huge span of franchising. And he talks about how sports translates to franchise ownership. Really, really great interview with him. Awesome, awesome. And for today's show... We are. Uh, we have the pleasure of introducing again to the show, and soon to be helping us with a bunch of things on our on our segments of the show on a regular basis is Miss Karen Kinsey Floored. Hi, Karen. Hello. And Glad you're here. here. Yeah, and you're here in this lovely 52 degree weather in Chicago. <laughs> loving like, what it. What is going on? This is unheard of. I don't know, but I'm loving it because I don't like the cold weather, so I'm, I'm happy, going to try to enjoy every minute of it. Yes, and you notice that while we're here where it's nice and warm and sunshiny, Ray is not, which means he's probably off chasing snowdrifts somewhere, <laughs> and um, that's just fine. He can go to where the snow is, and we'll stay right here where it's warm until tomorrow where the weather changes. So. So Karen uh, has over 25 years of experience working with a wide range of organizations, helping them move to the next level of performance. Um, current, she, currently, she's the Chief Operating Officer, excuse me, for Dale Carnegie here in Chicago, where she's providing leadership, management, and vision, and uh, sustained employee and customer engagement while ensuring profitable growth. Um, this is just one of Karen's many, many accomplishments and, and adventures in the corporate world many. in terms of leadership, right? I mean, I, I look at your bottom like, okay, I can't do all this. This is just going to take too much time. So but we are so excited to have you here today. And um, the topic that David is going to join me since Ray is out, David's my co-host. I was going to say, um, Ray, you're looking younger over there. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, and I'm not driving a big bus at the time, so. No, no. And I think you're somewhere warm as well, correct? Ab absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful today. Yeah, awesome. So David and I today are going to talk to Karen about um, what's your and. So we know that today everybody's looking at shuffling around in corporate America, shuffling to get out. Um, and the word kind of is, well, it's not really about the pay. It's more about what is the company going to do for me, right? So whether that's work-life balance, time off, whatever it is. So Karen, tell us in your business, you work with a lot of companies trying to figure out what the and is. I do. And it's interesting because in working with a lot of, uh, you know, small franchises, small businesses, a lot of them will lament the fact that, oh my gosh, I can't find anybody or I can't keep people you know, and, and they'll say what well, must be, it just must be because of the pay. Uh -huh. And we all know we, we need to have the pay. That's kind of like table stakes. You have to have that, right? That's a really important thing. And then they're like, well, wait a minute though. I'm offering pay and I'm still losing people. So I don't uh -huh. get this. And so many times it's really going back to some of the basics. There are a few things that we, that we work with uh, small companies on franchises. And, and by the way, since I'm running a small business. I deal with the same thing, right? So I have to also practice what I preach and, and really have to take a look at, uh, at some of the things that, uh, that I'm doing as, as, as well. And, you know, one of the things that I found over the past, especially the past year, we'll take a look at, at people with, um, like you have your existing employees and then you have people that you're trying to attract. And I think sometimes people focus on, leaders focus on who are they trying to attract. Sure. And, kind of forget about the people that are there with them right now. And that's then where you get the, the turnover part of it. And so we really work with people on with, with leaders on, on a few, in a few areas. One is, is, and this sounds kind of fruitful, I'm going to say, but it's really about making sure you know your purpose. And I think over the past year, year and a half, so many of us have been just, we've just been under the gun. We've been in survival right. mode and there's mm -hmm. this whole survival mode that happens and, and sometimes that's hard to think about um, the big picture. And one of the things that, that I have learned personally as a leader, and that I also work with leaders on, is kind of get back sharing with people, what's the purpose? What's the why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this as company, as leaders? And then connecting people to that. Because many times people, they want, they want to feel they have that sense of belonging. They yeah. want to be and being engaged, right? Where, where do I fit? Where do I fit in? And the more that they, they can see that and feel that, 
that's a real key driver of one of the key drivers of engagement. I think that's really interesting because I was um, uh, listening to our friends over at Vetted Biz today and I was talking with another um, franchisor yesterday. And very interestingly, they both talked about that very thing and what they want their franchisees to come to them so that they can show them what is the purpose, right? So I'll just give a shout out to one, it was the Wild Birds Unlimited. And he said, you know, this is a business that, you know, is all about the franchisee having passion and really believing in what they're doing and giving back to the community. And I thought, you know, that it really is where people see that genuine, authentic self come out in their work, come out in the level of service they get, uh, whether in stores, right? I mean, it really does shine through. It really, it really does. And and especially now, more than ever, we want to. We also, as employees, even as leaders, we want to feel that connection piece. Right. It's, it's not just the connect. It's the connection to the values. It's the connection to the purpose. It's the connection to each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and we've we've lost a little bit of that. When I speak with leaders, I speak with the. Uh, just, you know, their employees. Yeah. They're, they're right. Because again, we're, we've been so focused on COVID. Are we in the office, out of the office <laughs> um, yeah. going on? And I just think that, um, that now we need to get back to some of those, those root basics and get our minds around some of that. David, that's yeah. kind of how you grew your business, right? I mean, you, you totally embraced that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was just going to say. I was going to jump in and two, you guys got two different things going on there, but the one thing that Karen was talking about, um, I want to I want to touch on here pretty soon, but I think Chris, what you had mentioned, I think that's just a separator. I think people who are passionate about certain things, whether it's their business, giving back to the community, those types of things, those are the ones that rise to the top. Those that's a separator. There's no yeah. question in my mind. What Karen is, is referring to also in my mind, and, and this she's going to love that I'm going to say this because it's 100% true, and it goes back to Dale Carnegie a hundred some years ago. <laughs> how to win friends and influence yeah. people. If people don't have that book, in, in, have not read their, that book and they're attempting to make a difference in other people's lives, it, it, there's a million things out there right now, no, no question about it. Right. Go back to that, that's the foundation. Um, when I had a manager who was absolutely struggling, who's great X's and O's guy, right? He's a football sports star. He's a great operations guy but he never made that connection with the people. And it, 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 and, and it always caused friction. It always kept us from reaching our potential. The first yeah. thing I did, I said, listen, I can't, for whatever reason, I, I, we're not, I'm not getting through to you. Best thing I can do is give you the guy who taught me and I gave him a copy of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> Yay! And, 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 he, and he read it and he, he read it and he came back and he goes, I don't, this is exactly words because I don't think I can do this. I says, oh, anybody can do it. It just has to come from your heart. It has to be who you are. Right. And when you start caring about people, then it goes into Zig Ziglar, right? You can have everything you want if you help other people get what, help enough people get what they want. And, and, and I think it's all that same theme of making the people important in your lives. If you build up the people, the people will build the business. Sure. Absolutely. And it's like, I think it's the two things, you mentioned it like the connection and it's the feeling valued. And David, you said something really good. It's about authentic fake. It really has to come from within. And it has to be, it's not like, okay, well, I'm just going to praise somebody and recognize them kind of halfway. But it really is making sure that, that you're living it um, as a leader and, and, and knowing ways of how you can make it live in, live in, in, your, in your company. Yeah, exactly. Well, and aside from... Aside from just being in corporate America, as other employers are trying to do that, this, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that you have franchisors trying to make those ties to find franchisees, right? And then yeah. now, of course, as franchise owners, if you're out there looking to buy a franchise, you need to understand that those are some of the things, to David's point, if you don't have how to win friends and influence people, buy it before you start shopping for a franchise, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, and one of the things that, and, and I'm sure Karen's come across this a million times, and, and it, it, leadership is such a broad, misused term in my mind, as is coaching, right? 
Co- a lot of people think coaching is telling people what to do. That's not coaching. That's telling them what to do. That's manipulating, right? And the same thing with leadership. A lot of people think leadership is management. Now, management processes, procedures. Leadership is people. The problem with leadership that I see in a lot of cases is most people already think they're a great leader, right? And, and a lot of times, and I'm sure it happens, a lot of people are transitioning from their business, Right. And they're saying, OK, I've, whether they've had, you know, uh, managed people in their current business. Now I'm going to go open my own business. Well, truthfully, their influence is going to come from how they were managed or how they were led. And then they're going to take that in, into their own business and it may not work. And, and they're going to assume that that, that that they have these basic leadership skills and everything's going to rise or fall based on their leadership ability. I hate the, I mean, I, I've seen it. The, the people who fail in their businesses, they, they need to look at themselves. Yeah, I mean, they need to absolutely. look at the leadership. Yeah. And David, you bring up a good point because there's the, you're, you're right. There's the process side, right. Of, of leading people process side and the people side, right. Yeah. And people will focus so much on the process side and not really understand the people side of it. And I know when I was, I was younger, I had, um, early in my career, I had more people that leaders that were more process side, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any models. So I, I, I knew it was going to connect there, but I couldn't figure it out. And then as I started doing more and more work, it was to me it was it was mind blowing. Like oh my gosh, now I now I get this. Sure. And I understand that you know we always say here at Carnegie, leaders take you know great leaders take people to places they wouldn't go on their own. And I don't know if sure. you someone like that where. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think I could do that. And I, I've been that way. Yeah. Well, no, I can't do that. And then you're given assignments and, and you're given that opportunity and that trust. And that's, that's part, of, part of building our businesses. And again, that's part of the belonging and the connection. And how can we do that to, to really get people to see that? And I think that's more, that's, yes, again, the dollars are important, salary is important, and all these other things are as important as that salary. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. The one thing I was um, talking with Elizabeth about um, a couple weeks ago is that I also think, you know, when I came out of corporate, corporate America, I was with a company that we had training all the time. They were sending us out, whether it was to Fred Pryor or Dale Carnegie or whatever it happened to be, all the time. But then when you become a business owner, it's up, up to you to remember that you have to go back and sharpen the saw, right? You have to go back and remember to invest in yourself because some of those skill sets that you have, you still have them inside you, but you're overcome with the operational needs of the business, right? And so it's really important that you still continue to go back and kind of revive those leadership skills. So true. And it's, it's the knowing and doing. And I you know I've been guilty because I, I actually will take a lot of our programs. I will go and take them again and again and again and again. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not doing this. I stopped doing that. Yeah. So I think we're all that way, right? Where we yeah. kind of leave certain things off. And again, I think this past year and a half, I mean, I had to really make myself focus on things that, that I could absolutely lose sight of because I was trying to keep our, keep the businesses going, keep getting you know, other people, keep their businesses going. I think you talked about that even with, with, with your book earlier, you know, we were talking about that and people might know certain things, but they're going to read it and say, oh, wait a minute. I forgot to do this. I forgot about that. And, and, you're, and, and you're right. We've just got to keep going and sharpening the saw. Excellent. And I think, I think to Kristen's point, I think where sometimes it falls down, Kristen, is two things, time and money. So, Absolutely. So if, as a business owner, when you're in it, when you're in it, don't have the time, right? It, it sounds silly, but the, but the business owner is always going to say, I don't have the time. It takes time to train. It takes time to to put all these systems in place. It takes time to, to build my team. Yes, it takes time. And then money. Well, yeah. if I can't do it, then I have to go hire somebody. And I don't necessarily say, I, don't, I might not want to spend that money. I might not see the return. And that, and that was the other thing. I always laugh at everybody. I spent a ton of money on training. And here's the key. And, 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 uh, and Karen's going to be real happy I say this. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing, though. If you don't have the time, then the best thing you can do, even if you did have the time, truthfully, is to bring somebody in from the outside that, that helps train your team. And here's, here's why I tell everybody, I can say the, I, and I've done it. It doesn't matter how much I have 
leadership training in my background, I'll bring in care because they, she can give the exact same message and it's going to be, wow, did you hear what Karen, Karen brought this? Oh my gosh. And But it came from a different person. So it came from the expert and it means something. Then as the owner, as the, as the leader, then you just kind of keep following it up. But right. you bring in that, you bring in that, that expert, right? And the right. credible expert, the credible authority. And now you can help push your own agenda that you've maybe been unsuccessful pushing to that point. Absolutely. And, you know, and you were talking about the money piece. And, and I always talk to, to business owners about the money that they spend on the turnover. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And how much time do you also spend on like mistakes or dealing with people not getting along? So take a look at all that big picture. It, it 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 makes it makes more sense then to focus on making sure that people are are basically I guess you want to call it trained the right way. Absolutely. Those core values. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to go to Elizabeth for just a moment and let her give some shout outs. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit further about what we can do and what you're seeing to help once we get those people in the door. How do you make sure they stay? Elizabeth, what do you got for us? So in case you have not noticed, audience, we are growing by leaps and bounds. Um, with our new formation of the LLC, we have combined our resources and have a lot of reach. So if you want to get your business name out there, get some exposure, um, have us help you promote, attract franchisees, um, now is a good time to do that. We have a sponsorship package we're offering at uh, several different levels. You can visit the website at pillarsoffranchising.com. We have a sponsorship tab on the website. You can fill out the form. The media kit is online, so you can take a look at it. Those are the streamlined packages we offer, but if you need custom uh, customization for that, we can do that as well. So don't forget to visit pillarsoffranchising.com and fill out our sponsorship form. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for listeners out there who have questions to call in and talk to any of us on the show today, just a reminder that our number is 323 323- Five eight zero five seven five five. Again, that's three two three five eight zero five seven five five. Karen, let's talk a little bit more about what it takes once we are lucky enough to get them in the door. What are they telling you out there that they need to want to want to stay? What's the magic sauce? So there, there are there are several. I want to just do a few today because we could be here for hours and hours. Yeah. There are a few key things that, um, that from an employee's point of view, from their side, so the things that they need. So I mentioned the kind of the valued and connected. Those seems to, that seems to be kind of two key kind of the key drivers. Mm-hmm. The key piece also is the, the connected, the connected to the connected to the um, their manager, whoever their manager is. We talked about connected to purpose and connected to each other. Okay. What is that connected piece? Several things that, that are really, I think, very tangible. One would be, how about they need some feedback and like feedback, performance feedback and support. Yeah. That is, okay, think about how simple that is. And then also think about how hard sometimes that is as business owners for us to stop and do. So yeah. making sure that we have a, you know, kind of a regular cadence of making sure we give that feedback. Doesn't mean an annual review. It's really about how can I, uh, make sure that I tell them when they're doing a good job. If they're not, if, if something's coming up, how can I give that feedback? They just want to know how they're doing. Right. Right. Kind of saying that the, you know, their, their leader is just so busy. Their manager's so busy, especially right now. They don't get that. So that's a real key, key piece to getting and becoming engaged. Okay. You, you want to ask more questions? Cause I've got a few, I've got a couple more. Go for it. <laughs> Keep rolling. <laughs> okay. I'll do, a, I'll do a few of the connected pieces and then we can, we can talk about sure. it. Another key one is input. And I know a lot of leaders are like, I don't want them to give input. What do you mean? You know, <laughs> if, I, if I ask for input, that's a problem. And, and it doesn't mean they're going to change everything. But they just want to, can I just give some input somewhere? I want someone to value my opinion. It doesn't mean you got to take them all. But can you ask my advice or ask my opinion on things? And I think the third one kind of goes in with the performance support and feedback. It really is having those intentional interactions, having time. You know, David, you even mentioned like the, the coaching piece. It's not about manipulating, but it really is about getting to the next level and really working with them. 
And, and, you know, and it's also working with some of their goals and dreams. And how can you help them with that, you know, now? And there are ways we're understanding that and giving them some of those opportunities. So I think those are, those are just some highlights of the whole connection piece that, that a lot of employees ask for. And they say, that's, that's some of the things that I need. Yeah. You know what I like about those? Um, not only are they, do they seem to be very important to people, but they're free. It's, they don't cost anything. It's not like you have to go out and put forth this big effort of looking for tchotchkes or something. It's just about being a person with them, right? And it's, like you said, connecting, and that doesn't cost a thing. Um, and it goes back to, we've covered this on the show several times over the last year or so, and it's gone back since the surveys they've done in the 1950s, 60s. It's never changed. It's the number one, the number one thing people want in their job is appreciation. And money, money is usually further down the list, but it, it's never changed. It's always been appreciation, um, right. you know, for the work that they're doing. Now, I, I would piggyback on, on what Karen was saying. I think all those things are absolutely 100%, but we keep using the word connection, which means we have to meet them where they are. And Karen made a quick reference to it is, is what are their goals? What are their dreams? What are they trying to accomplish? And understand that everyone has different personalities. So some you might make a connection with, by challenging, by giving them more of a challenge in their job, where some just want to be a part of a team and want to be real supportive. So you have to be aware um, of, of what those needs are of those people and try to meet them. The hardest thing, though, is as a business owner, as you pull yourself away from running the business, so to speak, is being able to train your managers, your leaders to, to do that. Yeah. And again, if you don't have the skills, and it's not a negative, let, let's face it, to the people listening out here, it would be unrealistic to expect that everyone listening here has those skills and those abilities and those desires to, to, to develop those skills. Right. Cause you might not, you know, some people kind of have a little bit more kind of born, you know, born leadership to them. Others, it can always be developed, but maybe, maybe you don't want to, then you need to bring in someone like Karen or somebody to come in and say, Hey, I'm going to bring in somebody to teach you, to help you, connect better with people to help you lead your people better because if you want to get away from your business the only way you're going to do it is if the people who are running your business are running it with with, with your desires in mind and, and being able to lead those people to, to perform at a high level it's the only right. way absolutely we, yeah and we've talked about it before back back a while ago about making sure that as you hire people hire people that are good at the thing are good at the things that perhaps you are not and yeah. so if you're somebody buying a franchise out there and you're an operator, that's what you do, and you don't have those soft skills or those leadership skills in your tool belt, acknowledge that and find a partner, somebody who works for you who can serve as kind of that HR type leadership person so that you know, a lot of times I've seen in our businesses where there is, you know, the owner and nobody wants to talk to the owner, right? Okay. But they'll talk to the office manager, but they don't want to talk to the owner, right? And so right. that should never be the case. But if you're one of those people that struggle with that, then make sure you find your complementary piece to the puzzle so that your employees always feel like they have somewhere they can go. So agree. I call that too many people want to hire on their own image. They yeah. want to hire someone exactly like they are. Yep. Oh, yep. what we want to do, right, is we want to hire people. You're exactly right, Kristen, where you want to get people that around you that are different that are different from you, that have different, uh, uh, I guess, uh, skills that actually complement you. And I always tell people, you know, I tell, you know, early on, I actually share my, I, have, I do an assessment on me. I share them my assessment. And I get awesome. This is who I am. Let's talk That's about that. And I'm, I'm good with, this is what I'm not good at. So if you see something, you know, I might have a blind spot. So yeah. I think we have, when small businesses, they know who we are, right? We know who we are and they know who we are. And sometimes they, they see things. And so I, I always say, you know, let me know. And I think yeah. it's a lot to do that. But I think the more you have that camaraderie and then you're working for the same thing, um, I think it helps. And also you're going to get someone who is more, more than willing to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm thinking we need to, this could be a whole. So right. focus here or there. And I think that's, that's a piece and that's part of the connected and value piece. So they're feeling like they're actually making a difference, and it's not just me running everything. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I will say, Karen, that is, I've made, in my 
two mistakes that I, I think I made, and hopefully I can help a listener out to avoid making the same thing, is exactly what you just said. That's how I did the hiring in the beginning was, you know, or promoting, find people the same as me, right? Because I thought, okay, this is, I'm good at running this thing. I'll find somebody else in me. Well, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. It takes time to realize huh, that didn't work, right? There's going to be some different things. That comes from experience. The other thing I think we are all guilty of, and I would venture to say we've all made this mistake, is we promote people based on them doing a great job at their current position yeah. and their skill set that they have. And so then we assume, wow, this guy is, or this gal is really good, in my case, in the restaurant, really good in the kitchen, really good in the, on the floor, really cares. They're great workers. They have all this work ethic, the whole bit. And we promote them into a manager position and they fail miserably because they didn't have the, the leadership management people skills, soft skills to go with it. And we just assume they did because they were so good at everything else. Yeah, and I've lost, yeah, and I've lost so many great employees because I took a great employee, thought I was doing them a favor and promoting them, paying them more, and it totally overwhelmed them. They crashed, they failed. We couldn't save them because they could. They didn't want to go through a demotion process, and I was trying like crazy to save them, and they're like, "This isn't for me," and I lose. So I lose twice. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I lost, yeah, I lost a great employee. <laughs> yeah, and I've, and got, I've made that same mistake. <laughs> yeah, very sad. Well, Karen, thank you so much for for discovering and exploring the ands of what people are looking for today. Everything, money, and what else that might be. And we're looking forward to talking to you about more of the things that they shared with you in our upcoming episodes. So right now, we're going to go ahead and break over to Jerry. Jerry, hello. Your mic is on mute. I'm practicing to be Elizabeth right now. <laughs> I passed the torch to you, Jerry. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, for the whole interview and then have to come in right after that. So, you know, I'm a little flustered. That's okay. I, I understand. We're, we usually break to commercials, but we're not going to do it today because we're streaming live on Instagram. And we want to make sure that the show goes across without any interruptions. So we're just going to come through today as we uh, always do, however we need to do it. And I understand, Jerry, we're going to talk a little bit today about um, those people who are out there listening that may already be a franchisee and or, as we often talk about, beginning with the end in mind, right? Because a lot of times people like me buy one franchise, but that's not what my end game is, right? My end game is to buy two or three or four. And so there are some tips and tricks and things to know and be aware of along the way. What can you share with us about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The end game is very important to everybody, or should be, and uh, many people don't look past where they're at today, and that turns into a real issue for them as they continue to try and grow. Uh, one of the things I would look at uh, or suggest our listeners look at if they're wanting to expand within their same brand, uh, in particular by buying out um, you know, other groups around them, other units around them, you know, yeah. make sure that you and your organization are prepared for that growth before you do anything. Because, you know, when you manage, as a franchisee, when you own and manage one location, you're very intimate with the employees, maybe even with the, uh, uh, the clients uh, or the customers that you serve. Um, you, in many cases, you know, share about a 50-50 hat, 50% management and 50% public relations, if you will, both with your again, staff and customers. And the thing is, when you grow to two or three or four units or beyond, uh, many times you don't get to do the fun stuff anymore. That's right. You, you, don't, you don't get to hang out with customers and, and joke with your staff and know everything about your staff because now you're more of a corporate entity. You're, you're dealing with uh, back office stuff and spending a lot of time with attorneys and, and bankers and uh, CPAs and that. So, Make sure you're ready for that transition in yourself and in your business. Um, it will not work well for anybody if you try and be all things to all people as you continue to grow. So understanding what you stand for and what you want out of uh, this enterprise that you're involved in is critical to start with. Um, of course, then the, you know, the basics. Uh, look at the financials and make sure that uh, um, you know, you're ready to deal with the extra uh, financial burden, the extra payroll. Uh, extra marketing, all of the things that go with that. 
But one of the things many people don't ever consider is your franchisee may not want you to expand. The franchisor, yeah. Franchisor, excuse me. Um, franchisors by nature have some requirements and some expectations around being able to expand. And we as franchisees many times don't take that into mind because, you know, when we look in the mirror, we think we're looking at the best franchisee that that franchisor has in their system. And it's kind of tough to understand sometimes that you're not. And we've all been in that, in that situation because, you know, you're going to have multiple metrics that you have to deal with. And you and your organization might be great at some of them, but not the best at others. Sure. So the franchise, franchisor is going to look at that and decide if they feel you're ready to. Um, one of the stories in my book literally is about us finding a perfect opportunity. This is a, a new location we wanted to do. And uh, actually started negotiating an LOI and then happened to say something to the franchisor. And they go, oh, wait, wait, you're not ready. I go, what do you mean? We're running a great organization right now. And they go, you know, this new location is, you know, 80 miles away from you. You're going to be going through different things. We just want you to be, you know, a little more stable first. And so uh, no matter how good you are, you need to work with your franchisor. And before you ever think of expanding, talk to them about how they would look at you. Yeah. If you were to consider expanding, uh, would they would they be uh, fond of that kind of thing? Do they have things they want you to work on to prepare for that? Uh, right. I mean, there's a long list of things, but I would reach out to the franchisor first and then start down the path to trying to figure out if there's an opportunity for you to buy some units and what that looks like and how to structure that. Because there's very definite pieces to this puzzle. And right. if you get them out, out of line, they're not going to fit together and they're not going to work. Well, and frankly, there are some franchisors that, excuse the term, but they don't want to continue to inbreed, right? They want fresh blood. And especially if you've got, you know, a, a 10, 15, 20-year franchisee that decides to buy their neighbor, well, maybe they'd really rather have somebody new, somebody younger, somebody less experienced that they can kind of mold. And, and sometimes, you know, I was looking through uh, some of my paperwork today trying to figure out where does it say what these expansion criteria are. And it's not always laid out very clearly. It's not. I guarantee you, though, if you reach out and talk to the franchisor, they just don't want to talk about it until somebody approaches them. That's because right. Because there may be some things in there you as a franchisee may not want to hear. Right. So, Reaching out to them, it's like I said, before you get to the point where you uh, really are serious about uh, perhaps acquiring some of your neighbors, reach out to the franchisor and discover what they're looking for. Because, you know, I can tell you from my experience, uh, our, the different franchisors I deal with all have varying metrics around that uh, that might relate to uh, how big they want you to be. To your point, in a larger market, and, and let's take Chicago where you're at, for example, they wouldn't want one franchisee to own all of that. They want several because it's too big yep. in many cases for one franchisee to manage. They know it's healthy to have local ownership. And yep. local ownership, when you're in the cornfields of Iowa, might mean a quarter of the state. But when you're <laughs> in Chicago, it might mean a few blocks. Right. So, you know, they're going to look at those things completely differently. Uh, so, yes, reaching out, learning about them, finding out how uh, how their structure is, you know, um, like a couple of the franchisors I deal with, you can't own over a certain percentage of a market. Okay. So, if there's 100 uh, locations in your market, they may only want you to get to like 40% or 30% or something like that. Uh, right. Your reach, in other words, geographically, how far away from your home you go will almost always come into play with every franchise or I've run into because they want you uh, within either you or a partner or a general manager within reasonable distance from your home to that location. And again, every franchise or will look at that differently. So I believe, Kristen, and you know this, you, you've listened to our story. Um, I believe that acquiring uh, others around you is the, really the smartest and the easiest way to grow, so I'm a proponent of it. But I would warn everybody listening, in spite of the fact it's, in my opinion, the best way to grow, make sure that you are ready for it. Talk to the franchisor, make sure you've got all your infrastructure ready to go, and then look at the opportunities around. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if you're buying into, you know, we know right now that there are a lot of resales going on. We've got a lot of people after COVID who've just said, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. This is really taking the wind out of my sails. I'm ready to put my business up for sale. Um, those are the things that you want before you make a, a, a decision to invest in a brand. Find out as much information as you can. Talk, make sure, you know, are you really selling for that reason? What's going on? The validation step we've talked about a million times, validating with other owners is absolutely paramount when you're looking to buy a franchise. So I don't think we could ever um, under uh, undervalue that specific task when you're looking to buy. No, and you touched on this, Kristen, you know, with the with the exits that's going, that are going on in corporate America where people are leaving and, and uh, wanting to open their own business or to buy a franchise or something like that. Um, there's huge opportunities on the other side of that uh, because of COVID and uh, the issues going on with uh, staffing and things like that. There are many franchisees who have been, you know, they've owned their locations for 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, they don't have an exit strategy with family and, uh, and they're looking for an opportunity. Literally, you know how I multitask, Kristen. While we've been on this show, I have seen roughly 15 opportunities go across my screen to buy existing groups. Yep. So there's lots of them out there. It's a really interesting time in franchising history where we've got a lot of people looking to get in and a lot of people looking to retire. Yep. And so it's, it's really, I look at it this way, it's a magical time. It is. And so people wanting to get their first one or to expand, I don't know if you'll ever get a better chance than right now. And, and honestly, here's where we'll do a plug. We can help you with that. And and when I say we, I mean the mentors on here. Yep. If you're fearful, we've talked about that. Uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago uh, on the show. If you're fearful, if you've got questions, if you just aren't sure, right. reach out to us and talk to us because my guys, you will not find a better time to do it. And in my opinion, you won't find better people to talk to about how to go about that than this group right here. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Jerry. And again, thank you so much for your time. And I couldn't agree. I guess I don't have to ask you my normal question of, is this a good time to buy? Because you beat me to the punch. <laughs> it's a great time. You know, I just had this conversation on LinkedIn with a, a lady the other day. And she said, uh, you know, she gave the reasons why it's difficult or why you should maybe not consider buying a business right now. And, and my point was, Throughout history, entrepreneurs and business owners have been faced with a list of things they had to deal with. Yep. It doesn't make any difference what the time is or what the issues are. There's always things. These yep. are just the timely things we're dealing with today. Absolutely. By the way, we're all dealing with them, so you've got plenty of people that can help you through that process. So I would not, I would not hesitate. In fact, as I said, it's a magical time, so I would look at this as a great time to buy into franchising. That's awesome. And as my friend at pa uh, uh, Patrick over at Vetted Biz said yesterday on his show, these kinds of things happen about once every 10 years. So we're always going to ebb and flow. And that's the beauty of having the entrepreneurial spirit, whether you're a solo business owner or your franchise, right? We're kind of in it to win it just by being here. So thank you again for all your time. And we look forward to seeing you hit yet another benchmark in your bestseller list for the book. Thank Elizabeth, you very much. you're so welcome. Elizabeth, do you have another shout out for us today? You got to take it off mute though. Jerry got you. See, they handed it back to me. I can't believe that. <laughs> On mute. I got the torch back. Um, yes, I'm going to preview a little bit of next week's guest. We are talking to hey. Kevin Copa, who's with J Dog Junk and Removal Hauling. They, um, Hall junk with an environmentally conscious bent. So that should be kind of interesting to see how they do that. They're big into recycling too. So tune in next week to see what Kevin has to teach us about that. Oh, I hope he comes to my house. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I know. Everybody wants to be his best friend, right? Oh my gosh, a three-car garage and I can't get my car in it. Still with <laughs> hockey and baseball and bicycles. Either the yeah. dogs got to go or the kids have to go. I don't know. Yeah, been there. I, I make it, I'm taking it as they leave. <laughs> <laughs> you move out, your junk goes with you, right? That's right. That's right. Well, we're looking, for, we're looking forward to a great show next week. And David, yep. I understand yep. you 
have a great adventure underway that we're going to get to talk to you about a little bit today with the joint chiropractic. Yeah. Yay, well, before we get into that, um, just piggyback a little bit on, on Jerry's thing. It, he always says it's a great time by it is. And, and it, when he was talking about the conversation on LinkedIn, I was kind of chuckling. I could see how that goes and knowing Jerry is how, how we know him. That other person is looking for the perfect time to buy. And, right. and I'm sure Jerry said there's never a perfect time, but it is a great time because there's never going to be a perfect. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for that perfect time, the perfect opportunity, all the stars to align yep. properly, you just just go back to work for somebody else because it's right, never going right. to happen. But the, the perfect thing that you could find <laughs> is the perfect match in what Bingo. you are looking for and the perfect franchise. And yeah. that's where the opportunity really lies and where health is definitely something that would be of value yep. to you. And, so and, and then pull the trigger. Yeah. Speaking of so, the perfect match, I mean. Speaking of the perfect match and pulling the trigger. Yep. Jump back into franchising. I think we've mentioned that before, but um, getting closer now. Um, follow Jerry's lead nice. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the joint chiropractic. So um, it fit everything that I was looking for, talking about the perfect match. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was looking for at this stage in my life, this stage of our career, this stage of uh, where we wanted to be in business. Um, so we're moving down that road and uh, bought the franchise agreement, found the location, signed the lease, did all that, did all the stuff you have to do. Plans are being drawn now and we're moving right. forward. So, so we roll into training now. Before you and, go uh, there, before you sure. go there, let, let me ask you, because inquiring minds are wanting to know. How does a guy like you go from seven, seven Buffalo Wild Wings, some experience with Quizno, to chiropractic? Like, and those two like, don't even match. Isn't that the beauty of franchising? It is. It's the beauty of franchising. I, I was thinking about that. Um, and then the fitness franchise um, that we had, too. So yep. you think about four different industries that I know, well, I guess, I guess I knew something about the fitness industry, but, but, but not, not in running. So I would say four different industries that I know knew absolutely nothing about, yep. never even entered into my consciousness to say, I'm going to start this type of business. And lo and behold, I did. And, <laughs> and it's because it's, if, you, if you're going to grasp onto the concept of franchising, it expands the world of opportunity for you because you're just, you just have to follow the systems, find the great brand, find the match, find what fits you in all different areas, and then, and, and, and then, and then run the business the way they've successfully set it up to be run. Absolutely. Don't you feel like the, it's the people who come in and decide that they're smarter than the system um, <laughs> or, oh, that sounds great, but that's not the way I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. Those are the ones absolutely. that have trouble. Yeah, and, and again – you know, it's okay. Coming from the restaurant, let's start with the restaurant first. It's so easy for someone to sit on the other side of the, as I used to say, sit on the other side of the bar and think the bartender has it easy, right? It's so easy to pull up to a restaurant and see a packed parking lot and go, wow, this restaurant's just killing it. It's so easy to sit at a table and go, wow, look at the, you know, the place is packed, the servers are making a lot of money. Until you step on the other side and realize all the moving parts that go into that yeah. and, and, and the bottom line that you actually pull out of that is really minuscule <laughs> considering the amount of sales and people and headache and, and everything yeah. that you have to do to, to, to get that bottom line. So, um, but I think, I think that's just it. I think, again, if you would have said, Dave, start a restaurant from scratch, no, failed within, maybe not even opened it. Yeah. Right. Probably ran out of money, would have run out of money before even the doors opened and said, well, I didn't know anything that I was doing. You know, same thing now. Say, okay, well, now you jump to a chiropractic business, which has been great for me to say this to people and look and get the looks on their faces to go, when did you become a chiropractor? And I'm like, I'm not. Just like I wasn't a chef or a bartender before. (laughs) So so I was like, no, I'm not. And And that's why I love it because I don't have to be. Right. Same thing with the fitness thing. I, I wasn't I wasn't a personal trainer. Yes, I had my certification, but I, I wasn't in there training the people. We we manage the system. Same thing right. with Quizzes, just another quick service restaurant. So so the point being is, don't get caught up into 
I have to be this person already. That's right. If you have the basic soft skills that, that Karen spoke about earlier and people skills and leadership skills, and you have the vision, you can transfer that energy, that passion, that vision to your team. The business doesn't matter. Absolutely. That's just a vehicle. Yeah. And I think that that also um, is different for people who want to work in their business versus on their business, right? So mm -hmm. there are some people who say, I am a chiropractor. I do want to do this. I want to have my own location, my own practice, and then maybe I'll have a couple others. And, and that's fine too, but that's not really what that model is, is made for. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Obviously, you've done all the things we've talked about, right? You went through the FCD, the item 19, all the important items. You validated with other uh, owners, and then you get to, how's Discovery Day? What's that like? Well, there, there really wasn't a discovery day um, because of the COVID and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. um, but, but what I did was I went up and we met, we drove up and met with the regional developer. And I guess that would be called our quasi discovery day. I went with the legal pad and pages of, of questions and sat down. And, I, and then I think after a page and a half of questions, he said, hold on a second. I'll be right back came back and he had wine. So I think, <laughs> I, think he, I think he wanted to make sure that, that he goes, well, Dave's going to be here a while with these settle in. So, yeah, good for but, him. Uh, but, but it was, but that was that experience was able to, you know, what questions they ask. And, and it was a little bit humorous because they're at that stage of development where there isn't going to be much negotiation. Well, let's just say zero negotiation on everything. Right. And, but, however, what, it, what I was able to draw out and wean was the integrity of the company as I was going through my question to see how, if those things had come up in the past and how they were handled. So they weren't necessarily going to change my agreement um, or, or write any addendums for me based on my concerns. Right. But those, those had happened. And then I was able to find out how they were handled yeah. on the corporate level. And then I have to make a decision. Am I comfortable that that same scenario, if it plays out with me, that I'll be comfortable with it? Or yeah. does it scare me away? Well, it didn't scare me away. It, you have to make a decision. So I, I had a, I called a leap of faith. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Their track record speaks for itself. And um, I'm, I'm confident that, that even though I can't get it in my favor, I'm confident that, I'm, that their integrity will hold, will hold up through this thing. So that was the first thing. The other thing that I I, I, was, I got a kick out of, because we just went through our in-clinic training. And after running restaurants for 28 years in multiple units, <laughs> and, real, and knowing the training that we had back then and the training we go through and train, to go through this training was, I'll, I'll never minimize anything. Right. But the amount, <laughs> the training that they think is so deep uh, we probably did you know in in the first hour of running a restaurant and i yeah. mean when 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 you're opening is you know hey own, unlock the door turn on the lights and turn on the computers and stuff that that's pretty simple yeah, it's yeah. restaurant we're getting in there three hours early hoping the prep guy shows up hoping the truck's yeah. on time unloading the truck prepping everything putting it sure. away throwing it <laughs> And but I'm sitting there going, I think this what, is pretty easy. What a different lifestyle, right? And again, this is all about finding the perfect match, right? Your soulmate of the franchisor, right? Like yep. what really drives you? Some people are into adrenaline and they want those timelines and they want that hustle and bustle in the morning. That's like their, that's, that's their thing, right? But something like now the joint, this sounds pretty darn good. Now, as you're kind of relaxing, spending more time at the beach, yeah. I mean, you know, everything's of itself. It's going to have its own challenges, no sure. question. And, and we're prepared for them. But, you know, where I was going with that was not to minimize things, but just to show, I mean, it's just such a different thing. However, as I was driving back away from that training, one thing always stands true. The basic business of success are the same regardless of what the business is. It ju you just have to apply it to that product. Yeah. But the basic principles of success are the same. I don't care what the product is. I don't even care if it's sports. I mean, the ba that's why, you know, they don't get rid of all the players. They change coaches, right? Okay, right, let's right. try to win with this coach. <laughs> so, I mean, the basic principles still come down to leadership and, and, and the, the passion and the success and, and, and the desire to succeed and the marketing. And that's 
coming in there with the mindset that, well, boy, now that I'm a business owner, I get to put my feet on, up on the desk and not do anything. Right. I mean, it's still a business. It's still going to take a lot of time, energy, and effort. It's just different. It's sure. just different. Yeah. And so now, just quickly, I'd like to know what your next steps are. What should people expect who are thinking about, like, what kind of, from signing the papers to when do you think you'll be open? What kinds of things are going to change your timeline? What kind of challenges are you facing now as you get closer? Yeah, I mean, this is an extreme high growth franchise. So um, when that comes, it comes with challenges and growth challenges, which means a lot of franchisors have a, you know, we'll do a base set of plans and, and then they're, they're going to approve the location. I should start with that, approve the location, approve the base set of plans. And then you've got to find an architect, draw the plans and then go back to corporate for approval. And then you've got to go get, bid them out to the contractors, hopefully they, they, they've got this fits their time schedule. Then you have the permitting um, and then you have equipment ordering and all those types of things. And the way it sits today, I tell everybody, this is a, a very strange time for me because it's been a long time since I've had to open up anything. Yeah. And there's so many unknowns. So I tell everybody, I said, I don't know. We have a time. Matter of fact, I did this with my broker today, real estate broker. He goes, hey, the landlord was wondering when you might be opening. I went, really don't know. We're shooting for March. What's going to impact that? Everything. That's you right. know, the architect's drawing the plans right now. I don't know how long it's going to take to get permitting. I don't know if we're, you know, we're going to put it out to bid for contractors. I don't know if we're going to have a contractor available. You know, if, if they're pressed for time, the scary part about that is, that, yeah, we'll do it for X amount just because they really don't want the job. But so they yeah. inflate everything and you've got to bid it out. Somebody else might not. Have it. I don't know how long the permitting can take. And I don't know if the equipment I need is on a boat in the Pacific. Exactly. I mean, I, I, we, we, we don't know. So there's a lot of unknowns. But again, going back to, to Jerry's, Jerry's point before, it, it, that, that doesn't bother me. Right. So it's not perfect, right? It's, so it's not perfect. We don't have this exact timeline and this time frame. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, 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 and if we open up six weeks, a month, whatever, on time or, or, or six weeks or two months late, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to affect anything. Um, when we opened up our very first business, we opened up three months later than what we projected back in 1992. So, yep. you know, and, and we're still in the long run, 28 years you know, we were in it. So it's not as if I look back after 28 years and go, boy, I really would have been successful if we would have opened up in April instead of July. Right, right. So you, you look at the long picture and you, you can only control what you can control. So I've learned that over the years. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape, you know, about it. We'll still push for it, but there's too much stuff out of our control right now. So this is new ground for me right now to know that you know, there, there's a lot of unknowns and things are yeah. taking longer in, in a lot of cases. Well, we're really excited to be on the journey with you. And we know that Jerry's always on some kind of a journey. But, <laughs> but your, your change from going from restaurants to this is so interesting. And I'm so glad that you're willing to kind of share that whole process with us, because I think it gives people a really clear idea. And this is why people will say to you, whatever you think you need in terms of money, make sure you have some extra because mm -hmm. if you're delayed, the bills are still due, right? So, um, so thank well, you so much. I, I will say this before you, before this is Jerry kind of guilted me into this. <laughs> I wanted to chill out. I wanted to go, you know, and Hey, you know what? And then Jerry's out there going, Hey, we're opening up a thousand stores. I'm doing this. I'm writing a boy. I'm, I'm like, man, am I a lazy bum? I'm all right. I'm going to open up another business. <laughs> So I blame Jerry. Jerry to blame if, things, if, you, if you have some books in your room, right? <laughs> Jerry will just buy you out. Well, I think brother. it's awesome. And, and, and really, you know, for people listening going, oh, my gosh, what the heck are they doing over there? You know, I do believe there's something like this infectious um, gene that you get once you start franchising, it's really hard to get it out of your system because it is so much fun. And data shows that that most franchisees sell their initial businesses within the first eight years. And most of them get into another adventure in franchising. So it's just a really good thing to know that, you know, once you're in it, it's a lot of fun. 
to David's point, you can go from restaurants to chiropractic and everything in between. So we'd like to thank Karen Kinsey Sword for being with us on the show today. Please be sure to like and comment on this episode. And as always, thank you to Ray Pillar, Jerry Akers, our Million Dollar Mentors, David Kajanik, for their insight and wisdom. I am Kristen Shalmessi, your fourth Million Dollar Mentor, and together we are your resource for franchising and success. Thank you to Elizabeth Denham, who is our CCO, Chief Content Officer, who helps us make sure that everything we're talking about on the show today and always is stuff that you tell us you want to hear. <clears throat> this has been Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here. Thank you. I'm <laughs> <laughs>